Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs, the Finding Genius Podcast. Randall Thompson, my guest, he's the president and founder of Dugout Mugs. The website is dugoutmugs.com. So we're going to talk about Randall's history in baseball and how he came upon this concept and other similar ones. So it should be interesting. Paul, Randall, thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, just before we begin, again, I want to tell guests that Randall was very kind and sent me a laser engraved Finding Genius Podcast Dugout Mug. So it was really cool. But I just want to publicly say thank you to him. And, uh, and again, welcome to the show, Randall. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. The uh, logo turned out great on that. Glad we got to do it. Well, tell me a bit about your history and how you got to come up with this concept. I grew up around the game of baseball, and I got a chance to play in Little League in high school and college. Ended up signing professionally, got released professionally, got into coaching college baseball, didn't love it, had a real it to be creative. And so then I just had a, a concept of a dugout when I was coaching coaching baseball, and that's what led me to dugout mode. Yeah, I guess, you know, I don't know too much about baseball, but a dugout is, that's the area where all the players will kind of sit and hang out until they come back on the field, right? Yeah, that's right. But kind of like the central meeting place for the managers and the coaches, depending they're not out in the field uh, playing defense or up at the plate hitting. So what else is a dugout? I've heard of, I guess when people smoke weed, they have a thing called a dugout too. It's like some kind of pipe or whatever, but so I guess dugout has a bunch of different meanings, but what is the meaning, you know, of the mug that you created? Why is it called a dugout mug? I guess twofold. I thought of the concept in a dugout. And then two, we thought the idea of digging out this, the barrel of a baseball bat, the two mug, kind of down words. And uh, yeah, so the two just kind of fused together. The concept came from a, a hitting coach cutting barrels of baseball bats off of baseball bats. And I picked one up and I, and I was in a dugout when I thought it'd be to convert it in. Okay. I can they don't sell this at the, uh, you know, professional baseball games. Maybe they do. It'd be really cool. You know, fans could get an engraved and get their own mug right there and then, you know, fill it with a beer and, and take it home. It would be a really cool souvenir, you know, type thing, I think. Yeah. You know, they're sold in 30 major league and all 30 major league baseball stadiums. As far as being able to personalize them on site, that's not something that's done. But uh, there are some stadiums that have like fan experiences where they can build their own baseball bats. I'm sure there's probably everyone to that. But, uh, Okay. Yeah, because like I said, the laser engraved one you made for me was like really, really cool. So I was thinking of like a Build-A-Bear. You know, you can build a mug with different teams and different things on it and, and all that. But anyway, you, you got it well in hand. So the inside, what is it coated with that allows you to put drinks in it without it, you know, going into the wood or spoiling? Yeah, we use a food-grade urethane, water-based urethane that seals the inside and the outside. Okay. Then how much uh, does it all hold? Is it uh, 12 ounces or 8 yeah, uh, we like to say just north of 12 ounces, a little bit of extra breathing room for a can or a bottled beer. Right on. So I guess, yeah, if it's beer, it can easily form a head. You could pour the whole beer in there, no problem, right? Right on. Okay, very cool. So when you first came up with this, what were some of the, the things you had to go through to get it to market? Like, what were some of the, the challenges that you faced? Well, first and foremost, I knew nothing about nothing really baseball and i went to college or the business school but i didn't really pay really that let's see kind of that baseball not necessarily a class always had an interest ball so i guess the biggest challenge on the front side is that business is a whole other language in itself 
And uh, when you pair that with having to learn manufacturing as well, marrying those two languages together, well, one, learning, marrying, and then trying to make sense of it all was probably one of the biggest challenges. I just didn't, I didn't know really going to start. Where were some early successes? And then what were some early setbacks that come to mind? One of the most difficult parts of, of the, of the very beginning, understanding what type of tooling I needed and put the hole in the top of the mug. Obviously it's very simple to just cut a baseball bat in half, do that. But it was interesting to me that no matter who I brought it to and said that I need to drill, well, at the time it was a nine inch hole by like one and three quarter inches into the top half of a baseball bat. I got a lot of perplexed answers and people not able to, to figure it out. Long story short, I just needed a wood turn. And if I would have known that, it took me about a year to, to get that figured out. Do they put it on a lathe and cut it with like a circular bit or like how does it work? If you can't yeah. say it's okay, you know, it's proprietary. The way the first one was made is definitely not. Yeah, essentially it, somebody had to use a lathe, put the hole in the mouth. Okay. Yeah. So that was one challenge. And then what else? What was another, uh, you know, happy turn of events versus a difficult one? I'm trying to highlight the early positive. It wasn't re really that relatively hard to sell the first one. You know, I guess that's a, that's a positive. And I think that kind of gave me a glimpse into the potential of the success for the product. I think relatively quickly, the market tells you whether they're interested in a product or not, and they tend to vote their wallets pretty quick. They are. So, you know, you hear of people that just grind it out, grind it out, grind it out to get a sale. It was relatively simple to just put this product in front of people and people wanted it. So I guess that would be a positive. Okay. And then getting into the major league baseball parks, you know, the stadiums, I mean, you were literally inside baseball as they call it. Did that help you a lot? Or is it just incredibly difficult to get to the owners of stadiums regardless, no matter what you do? I don't think there's true. There's not really that much crossover between the people that I've connected with in the game of baseball as a playing versus getting buyers, retail buyers to buy yourself into the stadium. I think we are, so we're carried in on a bunch of different retailers. We've had orders from Dick's Sporting Good. We're kind of just all over the place. I think ultimately that's not necessarily a result of my background in baseball. So we produce a product that's in a, in a hard goods market. There's not too much. So we kind of showed up and uh, we've got just a four or five very unique products that no one before. And they plug in well with retailers that are trying to find and sell. And just being at trade shows has been, that's how we make, connect those dots necessarily. What are the other products that you guys have? We take the knob of a baseball bat and we turn it into a shot glass. We take a base, like a mini baseball bat, shrink it down and turn it into a wine glass. The top half of a metal baseball bat turned into a tumbler, ones that are used. We also take the handle of a baseball bat, turn it into a bottle. Could you have a, a normal wood baseball bat where you hollow it out and you have a cap on the end you can screw on and you could like store stuff in it or I don't know. You know, maybe like uh, bats, you could, you know, hollow them out and fill them with sand and fill them with other stuff or whatever to, you know, for when people practice, let's say, I don't know, it'd be weird, maybe a baseball bat filled with water. So when you swing it, it, it trains you in a certain way or sand to make it heavy or again, just to store stuff. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, it would definitely be pop to manufacture. Yeah. We could definitely like that. Yeah. This might be interesting. Well, that's really cool. You took, I guess, a lot of different aspects of the bat and you're making it into all kinds of really cool stuff. What happens right now with uh, baseball bats when they come to the end of their useful life? Are they just chewed up and thrown away or what do they do with them? That's where the, initially, whenever I first started this, I thought to myself, I'm going to take all the bats that have been forgotten about and burn them in the drinking mug. This day and age, a wood baseball bat was is 200 bucks or so. 
and the thought of a parent buying that two hundred dollar baseball bat, a kid breaks it and increase the, the idea to be able to turn that into a drink, I thought was a kind of solving a, a problem, but also a cool product. But turns out that's not very scalable. But to answer your question, I don't know what they do. MLB has a, a branch of of their licensing where they call it MLB Authentics. They do sell game use stuff like that, uh, like broken bats. And they also do sell game use stuff off to certain manufacturers that will turn them into pretty cool things like jerseys and into wallets and shit like that. But, you know, I don't, I don't know what they do with the baseball bats now. Have you ever been to a factory where they make the baseball bats, you know, from scratch? Like, do you know how that happens? That might be cool to see. Yeah. Oh, or they just take like a big piece of wood and they, I guess, probably get a lathe and they carve it down into the shape and that's like a monolithic piece. Yeah. Starts as a billet. Yeah. Seen it. Oh, very cool. All right. Um, have you got any like other famous baseball players to, uh, you know, to put their name on it, like a special edition bat? Like maybe, you know, the player of the year that has the most runs, maybe you make a commemorative bat for that year with their name on it or something. Yeah. We've done that. We have a licensing agreement with Major League Baseball Players Association, which you need in order to use players' names or their likeness or their certain accolades. And so sometimes we pair that together with Major League Baseball. Yeah, we... Before we continue, I've been personally funding the Finding Genius podcast for four and a half years now, which has led to 2,700 plus interviews of clinicians, researchers, scientists, CEOs, and other amazing people who are working to advance science and improve our lives and our world. Even though this podcast gets 100,000 plus downloads a month, we need your help to reach hundreds of thousands more worldwide. Please visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click on Support Us. We have three levels of membership from 10 to $49 a month, including perks such as the ability to see ahead in our interview calendar and ask questions of upcoming guests, transcripts of podcasts you're interested in, the ability to request specific topics or guests, and more. Visit FindingGeniusPodcast.com and click Support Us today. Now back to the show. Okay. So what are some new ideas that you're looking at right now, the future of the company at this point? I think we're about idea it out for the time being. Uh, I think we have uh, the collection of products that we currently have. Uh, the idea now is to get less wide and get so less about uh, innovating and bringing new products to market. And it's more about taking the products that we have innovated and getting it in front of them. Okay. So, I don't know. Do you feel like the company's peaked or is the low way to go or what peaked and what? In what capacity? Well, I mean, like the distribution at this point, is it maxed out? Uh, where do you see the, you know, things going over the next couple of years? You said you, you've innovated a lot. You've got a lot of different products and that's good. Is it now like getting it out to as much of the market as possible or what's the next step for you? Yeah, I think it's taking our, our current product mix and diversifying off of Facebook ads and getting more into retail stores and attending more trade shows and uh, trying to position ourselves to get into more of the reorder business rather than the cost. I mean, other sports where you could take other items and make them into things. I mean, even within baseball, the baseball itself, can you do anything or hockey or I mean, other sports? No, I think that the product mix that we currently have is what we'll stick with and trying to not a... Uh, Get deeper, not wider. Okay, yeah, no, that makes sense. Very cool. So, is this more of like a? Do the sales come pretty much at game events, or do they intensify as like the World Series gets closer? Like, do the sales of this correlate with the baseball season tremendously, or does it not really matter? It's not seasonal. Yeah, it's pretty seasonal. It's a big gifted product. So, anytime Father's Day rolls around or Christmas rolls around, we see two large spikes. Opening day, we see a spike, and also playoff baseball. What about when um, certain baseball players, you know, are exceptional? They pitch a perfect game, or, you know, they, I don't know, they, they have like their RBI is 
it's really high or, you know, whatever it may be, are you able to interface with any of the current players and like kind of piggyback off their fame with these mugs and with these other products? I'm sure we could, but the, we haven't really, you know, every once in a while, somebody it's like their 500 home runners a mug for that and then push it out. Like when Miguel Cabrera hit 500 for that and we push it out to the Tigers fans, but it's not really part of our model. Oh, because then it'd be cool. Like, you know, the winner of the, the World Series every year, you present them with like a set of, you know, of dugout mugs and other products to commemorate their win. And therefore you kind of share in the, you know, the media coverage of whoever wins each year. Just the idea, you know. Texas Rangers World Series mugs right now is something that we're selling a lot of, but as far as individual players. Where else is baseball as big? I guess I've heard in Japan, but that that was years ago. I don't know if it still is. Is there any international play with this market or is it all in the U.S.? Yeah, I I think at some point it could be international. Uh, Japan's the second largest baseball market in the world outside of the U.S. So yeah, maybe some at some point we branch into Japan. Right on. Excellent. Well, where can people get the mugs now? Like, what, they just go to the website, mugs.com or what are other places they can go? Yeah, mugs.com is going to be the, the simplest and, and the best way to, get, to grab them. Okay, well, very good. Brendel, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And like I said, I really appreciate the one you made for me. They're really cool products. I mean, they're simple. They look nice. Uh, you know, I think you did a great job. So thank you so much for, for what you've done and for being on the show. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.